Everybody and welcome to Backstage Gaming, dramatic takes on your favorite games. I'm Chris. And I'm Dylan. And this is episode 100. We Whoa, eventually yeah! got there. <laughs> yeah, hooray, yay! Whoa, we did it! Kaboom! Splish. We got there. Uh, welcome to the triple digits. Uh, I don't think we've... I think we've improved with with age, but I don't know how by how much, and we'll we'll find out together. But thank you everybody who has uh, been listening for all hundred episodes. That's a it's a cool milestone to have hit, and uh, we're gonna celebrate it by going back to a bit we haven't done in a little bit. We're gonna tuck into the writers' room. This is a uh, an episode format we've done in the past. If you're new to the show, where we take a look at a video game or a video game series and think about. Okay, what are this game's strengths? What are its weaknesses? How could we best adapt what it does well into a non-interactive media? How do we take this piece of art that is a game and turn it into a piece of art that, you know, we are more familiar with the inner workings of something like a, a stage play or a screenplay? And this week, I had the idea of doing that with Street Fighter. <laughs> and Dylan has recently informed me that I may have ducked into a rabbit hole that goes much deeper than I knew. <laughs> there are um, there are three uh, Street Fighter adaptations that Chris has thought to mention. Um, there are yeah. three more off the top of my head that I think are worth at least mentioning. I haven't seen all of them, but they're definitely worth mentioning. Yes. So. Yeah, so what, what I fig- figured we could do, since there are a number of high-profile uh, Street Fighter adaptations into the world of TV and film already, it would be interesting to kind of look at those, talk about what they did well and what they maybe didn't do quite so well, and then using all of that information spin into our usual discussion of like, okay, what would we want this to look like? How can we think about, you know, improving on what has come before or using what has come before as a springboard into our own uh, concept for what this would look like? So yeah, the three that I was aware of that like came to my mind when I thought of other Street Fighter related media were the TV show from the 80s where they were treated like G.I. Joe, uh, the 1994 film starring Jean-Claude Van Damme and Raul Julia. Um, the, I said 1994, uh, correct? Is actually, I, I don't know the specific dates, but I, I did want to point out that the, the cartoon is not from the 80s, because uh, Street Fighter 2 is not from the 80s. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure the oh, cartoon is actually a tie into the movie. Like, it's a sequel to the movie. It just has such enormous 1980s cartoon energy. It's it's very big G.I. Joe vibes. Yeah, like, um, with a little enormous bit of X-Men G.I. As well. Joe. 1995 to 1997. Okay, so I was off a yeah. little bit on there. Um, mm mm-hmm. You look at the animation and you think it's older than it really is. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, and then the third one that came to my mind was the film The Legend of Chun-Li, which came out in... God, like 2010, 2011? 2009, looks like. On a quick wow, time. okay. A quick Google. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then I, I was talking to Dylan before we started recording. I was like, yeah, so I figured that, like those are the three main ones. And he went, oh, you sweet summer child. So Dylan, what am I forgetting? <laughs> 
Um, so there is the Street Fighter 2 animated movie, which was such a big deal uh, to Capcom specifically. Uh, they made the Street Fighter Alpha series to homage that animated movie. That's how much they liked the movie. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll summarize that a little bit once we start getting into the meat of the episode. But um, on top of that, there is Street Fighter, I think it's called... I want to say it was called Street Fighter 2V, or it's Street Fighter V. I don't know what the V stands for. It's not 5. Um, it was a, like, I want to say 26-episode uh, TV anime. Street Fighter 2V, a quick Google has, has provided me with. Okay. Boy, these, char- these, these character designs have big, like, early JoJo's energy. Oh, God, I need to look them up again. Oh, yeah, you're, you're looking at the poster, I take it, right? Uh, the poster and also just a screenshot of Ken and Ryu running, and they just look like... <laughs> they look like They're, Joseph Joestar. With their big-ass eyebrows. Yeah. I really gotta watch this. I, I still haven't seen this. I just know it exists. That might be the next anime I watch. <laughs> but uh, I've seen, like, the first two episodes. Can't I can't speak too much on it, but, like, from my impression on those two episodes... Uh, it looks like a fun time. But yeah, so the, the third uh, adaptation that is, I feel, important to this discussion, it's not a movie, but it's a TV series. and It's a web series, not a TV series. That is Street Fighter Assassin's Fist, which I want to say came out like 2013, 2014. I had never heard of this. It was officially sanctioned uh, by Capcom. I think they even got funding from it. Oh, I've seen screenshots from this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I okay. have a vague memory of hearing about this. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I've watched it a couple times on YouTube, and then I also have uh, have it on Blu-ray. They kind of recompiled it as, like, one big movie. And that is a very loose adaptation of uh, Ken and Ryu's character arcs in Street Fighter Alpha, the Street Fighter Alpha first two games, I want to say, of that subseries. Okay. And it's them training with their master, Goken. And it's it's simultaneously a movie about uh, Ken and Ryu, and then it's also, like, a period piece about Goken's upbringing, like, in a post-World War II era, and the falling out he has with his brother, Goki, who uh, Street Fighter fans will know as Akuma. Okay, interesting. Yeah, it's, it's like, actually a really fun... You know, it's, it's a web series, so it's, like... Watching it as a movie is kind of long in the tooth, but it's it's a fun time. I recommend it. I'll have to give that a uh, a Google and a watch because that sounds there's some there's some pretty fun special effects, some fun stunt work. Uh, yeah, it's a good time. So so we have these six different resources to draw on. Um, and I don't know if we necessarily need to go over all of their strengths and weaknesses, but I think right. Uh, we can we can kind of take a look at them and figure out like. What do we like from this one? What do we think is weak about this one? Um, and kind of yeah. systematically go through it and see if we can if we can pull the strengths of Street Fighter stories because Street Fighter story, I guess, because fighting games aren't really known for their stories, and so um, yeah, st- fighting games fu- either aren't known for their stories or are known for their stories being absolutely buck wild. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's the best um, way to to put that. Yeah. Like the story is either mango punch in tournament or in nineteen in nineteen forty two or nineteen forty four in the wake of the atomic bomb going off a rift opened up to the to a secret backdoor universe that kind of nonsense. 
Yeah. So to start with, I think that I can I think that I can wrap up some pretty broad strengths and weaknesses of both the animated TV show from from the 90s and the 1994 film in a couple quick sentences. I love how campy they both are. Yes. Like Street Fighter 1994, if you have not watched it, you owe it to yourself to see it because it is a work of high camp art. I still haven't uh, seen the movie. I've seen... Oh, dude. I, I, I live off of the animated series, but, like, the the <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme, Raul, Raul uh, who, is it Julia or Julia? Like I've I, always heard it said Raul Julia, but I do not know. Uh, yeah, because I like that. The thought just crossed my mind. Have we been mispronouncing his name all this time? <laughs> let me see if I could. Everything I'm finding seems to be Raul Julia. Okay. Uh, but you know, if if we're wildly off base and the resources I'm finding online are wrong, then I apologize. It's just been something yeah, on it, my mind, <laughs> like in the last yeah, no, like, ten fair. seconds. That's definitely fair. I well yeah no, his his performance as M Bison is iconic, mm -hmm. incredibly memeable, but also just like I think like a lot of people have boiled it down to just like you know a a goofy over the top not particularly good performance. I think of it as like a work of like camp art. I think very intentionally mm -hmm. what it was. I, I I think what makes something camp and what makes I I think what makes that camp successful is there is so much. Camp only works if you can tell that, like, the person's having fun. And Ooh. damn me if he's not having a blast. He is chewing the scenery. He is delivering some of the most iconic and memeable lines in film history. Mm -hmm. Near the end of the film, he's, like, flying around on wires, shooting lightning. It's delightful. Uh, and Jean-Claude Van Damme, I don't know... And like I don't I don't say this to be mean. Mm -hmm. I just like as a a student of acting, I do not know if Jean-Claude Van Damme is a good actor. <laughs> I think it hurts his case more because from accounts of people working on the film, this was kind of right I I, I don't know the history of Jean-Claude Van Damme, but apparently like he was in a very heavy coke binge at this point in his life. I I have heard that as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I have no idea, like, I've seen a lot of movies he's in, I don't know if he's a good or bad actor. He's fun to watch, physically, mm -hmm. like, he's a really, really talented physical actor, uh, and stunt performer, and Guile is incredibly fun, and also just, like, has some incredible line reads in this fucking movie. I'm going to kick Bison's ass! <laughs> it's so good. If it's you so haven't good. seen this movie, you owe it to yourself to look up the... It was uh, Raul Julia's Bison's It Was a Tuesday speech and uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's Guile's uh, speech about going to beat up M. Bison. They are both incredible and hugely influential on me as a human being. Um, but like, I love, I love that. I love that these were movies and the, the show also, like the, the 90s TV show is so goofy the show in a way that I find... Incredibly joyful and compelling. It is a delight how terrible it is. Yeah. Um, and I like, I think that both of those movies took that maybe a little too far. The show in particular, <laughs> the show, like, 
I love it. I love how over the top it is. But like you said, it's joyful how terrible it is. Yeah, the, it the, definitely took the camp a little too far. The show is, I think, in, a little less salvageable than the movie. Yeah. Like, I think it's more fun because of it. But there's also just more... Wrong. <laughs> yeah. There's, like, there's some flagrant animation errors. Like, there are plot lines where you're like, okay, really? Really? That's what yeah. I'm doing? That said, I do love the degree to which they were both like, well, let's push this to, like, a heightened reality. Right. And I think that that is a really smart thing for something like Street Fighter, which has, at the at the same time, or all at once, a kind of bare-bones story, and also, mm-hmm. like, martial artists who can shoot energy balls right. out of their hands. So I think pushing to, like, a place of, of campiness is a strength of both of those, mm-hmm. definitely. Another thing I like about the Street Fighter movie and the subsequent animated series is, um, I don't know if I like this about it, but it's something I find entertaining is that Ken and Ryu are kind of demoted to comic relief when they were, like, the default characters of, like, the games. Yeah, Um, and I, I think what's really amusing about that is, like, midway through season two of the animated series, they're like, oh yeah, we should probably give them something. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so yeah. like they're they're kind of the main characters for an arc or two yeah i think i think a big weakness of both of these is i get again i get that there's not much story to mine especially from like street fighter one and two but i think that they're games about people from all over the world with all these different fighting styles fighting each other yeah and for some reason, both the show and the movie, I guess movie and show in that order, translate that into, like, international intrigue spy military movie. <laughs> the Street Fighter Organization. And they have like, exactly. three ideals. I, justice, I, discipline, commitment. You know, like, It's so dumb. It's, it's so such dumb. a dumb decision. Like, I would much rather, and we, the, I'll, I'll expand on this when we get to, to act two of the show and start talking about, like, what we would do, mm-hmm. but I don't think you need all that. I think you can find a pretty compelling story that is just these this colorful cast of characters having fights and ground it in something more personal. I like I watch a lot of action and martial arts movies, and that's what all the best ones do. Mm-hmm. So I think I don't know that I, I'm I'm thinking about it right now, and I I want to say like Street Fighter Two the movie is kind of good because it's just all about the fights. But that's also its biggest weakness in that it doesn't really have a story. (laughs) Like, Ryu just kind of walks from scene to scene, and then, like, in the background, like, oh, there's Blanca fighting Zangief. Yeah, yeah. There needs to be, like, a middle ground, and that's definitely the toughest thing about action movies, is there's a lot of action movies that are, like, the action's really good, the fights are really good, Mm -hmm. but you don't give a shit because you don't care about any of the characters. Right. I haven't seen this movie, but, like, I, I watched, you know, back in the early 2010s, I watched a video review of the Tekken movie, and it was I one of the... I forgot that there was a Tekken movie. Dude, you'd be surprised <laughs> how many fighting game movies there are. Like, there's a Dead or Alive movie, there's a King of Fighters movie. Here's the deal. I fully movie. believe that someday we're going to get a really good movie based on a fighting game franchise, and I just... I have a lot of ideas in my head for, again, later in the show. I think that there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with there it. There are now three Mortal Kombat movies. Oh my god, there really are. 
I haven't seen the newest one yet. I haven't seen any of them. <laughs> oh, you need, bro. At some point, we need to hop. We need to both fix ourselves a stiff drink, hop in Discord, and watch the original Mortal Kombat film. Uh, it's a joy. I, I, it's, it's not good, but I love it. It's my trash. I, I've heard that like the original Mortal Kombat is one of the better fighting game movies, just through sheer power of a camp, but also like it does enough fan service for the original game that it's, like, passable. Yeah, like, again, it is not a good movie, mm -hmm. but it's a really fun, bad movie. Yeah. I, I and remember, sometimes that's what you want. <laughs> I remember the Tekken movie was praised for at least having a followable plot with, like, a Boy, decently the, established main protagonist. The bar is protagonist. in the, the basement, if that's what's getting praised. Dude, I mean, like, honestly, though, like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Chris, I think we should abandon this uh, episode idea to talk about the potential for a Game of Thrones take on Soul Calibur. Oh my god, I'm gonna go shut myself in a toilet. Uh, <laughs> god, I, I don't know enough about Soul Calibur to even riff on that statement. Uh, Soul Calibur is I. impenetrable like, to me. Something, something, um, Ivy and Cervantes. The soul still burns. Yeah, yeah, oh god, I really don't know the plot of Soul Calibur. I, I, I played Soul Calibur 3, I want to say, with some friends in high school. And that's the extent of my knowledge of Soul Calibur. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, so tell me about, I guess, to, to, to keep this conversation rolling in a productive direction so we're not just riffing on other shit. Uh, what, what do you think are... Or like, what? Where? What is the next piece of of this media that we should jump to? Because the only other one that I have any familiarity with is Legend of Chun Li. Yeah. Uh, um, I I don't really have too much familiar fami yeah, familiarity with two V, but everything I've seen of it, it feels like a very solid uh, arc of what would be a typical shonen anime, which is why I'm interested okay. in watching it. And I I think we should really talk about Assassin's Fist. Because yeah. I, mean, I want to say that's to, to riff on what you just said, I do think that like a shonen anime type approach is a really good one for a fighting game series. Because again, like, and I feel like we've talked about this on the show before, the experience of playing a fighting game is one of like practicing and training and getting better and like fighting people who you can relatively match up against and then ending up in a, in an arena with someone who wipes the floor with you and like training to beat them and like you know Hisaka guarding the 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 gates to the higher levels of the of uh right of of the tower or little bussy man guarding the gates to the higher <laughs> levels of the tower why did i never make that connection <laughs> little bussy man is the isika of guilty gear strive <laughs> wow if you haven't listened to our previous episodes that is an incomprehensible statement you know what we're just gonna let it lie there though yeah that's <laughs> I, there's no time we don't have time if you don't uh, know the legend of Lil Bussy Man, look him up. Educate, educate yourself! <laughs> um, <laughs> but genuinely, like, I think that a, the, like, shonen protagonist tr getting his ass kicked at every, at every turn but training to get better is not a bad framework to start with for something like this. I think that I'm curious to see some, some Street Fighter 2V because that sounds interesting and fun. Uh, and I think fits like Ryu and Ken as characters really well. Anyway, what? Yeah, tell me, tell me about Assassin's Fist because I need to know more, and I'm probably going to seek this out to watch it very soon because it sounds very cool. 
Absolutely. Yeah, so Street Fighter Assassin's Fist, is, it's a coming-of-age story, I want to say. Like, um, it, it, it kind of covers Ken and Ryu's upbringing under their Master Goken. And it's a web series, uh, and they're training. Ken, the way the story is established, Ken is training there because his um, mother was a friend of the teacher. And since her death, his father doesn't really know how to handle him. So it's it's military school, except martial arts, um, <laughs> just, just to keep him out of trouble and like maybe instill in him a sense of discipline. And, you know, he, he, he's not a delinquent or, you know, acting out because Ken's father is like the owner of like a multinational company and he doesn't necessarily have time for his son. And so there's that kind of friction there. And Ryu is an orphan that uh, Goken, uh, that Goken found as a infant. And so it's kind of about him bringing both of them up. Ken's kind of being impatient with his training. He wants to progress faster, so he's pushing himself, um, taking shortcuts, which uh, leads him to discover the Satsui no uh, Hado. Uh, which is the fighting style that Akuma uses. And so he's like, no, we can't have that. I don't want either of you to, you know, become my brother. And so then it has like this <laughs> whole flashback arc of uh, Goken's own um, upbringing with Goken and Goki with their master. And they they kind of just introduce elements of like a period drama of like this post-World War II era. It's very interesting um i'm trying to it's been a while since i've watched it so now that i'm talking about it right now i feel like there's other stuff that i can unpack that i didn't think about when i first watched it but what what was really fun about that movie is that it's kind of two coming of age stories told in parallel and there's there's a scene taken from street fighter 2v the anime where ken and ryu uh, sneak off to a bar, <laughs> like it's a, it's a military base bar, and they they drink a little bit and they get into a fight with a bunch of the soldiers there. <laughs> <laughs> and That's delightful. In two v, uh, Guile's there and he beats the shit out of them, but that that doesn't happen in <laughs> Assassin's Fist. And so yeah, it's just I don't want to say it's slice of lifey because there's still an overarching plot, but it's it's just a. It's a nice time spent with familiar characters. Um, in that a sounds really cool. In a remote location. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to give that a watch. That sounds delightful. It's uh, really fun. It, it really endeared me to the Street Fighter story. You want to know what's not delightful? What's not delightful? Legend of Chun-Li. <laughs> yeah, it's about time we talk about that, isn't it? Yeah. Legend of Chun-Li was made in 2009. Uh, it follows the character of Chun-Li... Uh, who's one of the, I would say one of the probably most well-known Street Fighter characters. She's big enough uh, to be in Fortnite. She's big enough to oh be my in God, that I Power Rangers. She's in Fortnite. <laughs> she's also big enough to be in that Power Rangers fighting game. I also forgot about the fucking Power Rangers yeah, fighting Ryu game. Yeah, Ryu and Chun-Li are not only in Fortnite, they are also in the Marvel vs. Capcom style Power Rangers fighting game, Battle for the Grid, in which they have their own Power Rangers suits. Good for them. Good for them. <laughs> but yeah, it follows Chun-Li as she tries to... I, If I'm remembering correctly, she's trying to like solve the mystery of her father's murder. 
yes. at the hands of M. Bison, who is for some reason Irish in this one, uh, and who killed his wife and still unborn baby so that all of his goodness would die and he could just be evil and develop real estate. And it's really bad. It's you know, a really bad movie. That's dumb enough to be canon to Street Fighter. <laughs> oh, I'm aware. Uh, it's it's a really very bad film. Mm-hmm. To To find a strength in it, it does have a fun kind of globe-trotting feel to it. Mm-hmm. They waste it entirely. Like it, it's not used well in the film. But I do like, and again, I, I mentioned this earlier. Street Fighter at its core is about like people from all over the world with these different, weird, disparate fighting styles having cool fights with each other. That's mm-hmm. the core appeal of the game. And so, having it sort of set up, even though again I complained about like it didn't need to be this like international intrigue nonsense in the Street Fighter 1994 movie. It still doesn't need to be that, but this one captures more of a, like, Chun-Li going to a place she's not familiar with and getting in fights there, rather than Chun-Li is part of the Street Fighter organization. <laughs> uh, so I, I will give it that. Mm-hmm. The weaknesses are everything else about the movie. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that sounds about right. Like, yeah, I, I don't want to dwell on it because I don't want to be negative. I don't want to be like you know, needlessly nasty to this film or the people that worked on it. It's just not a very good movie. Uh, if you want to know more about it, Dan Olson uh, made a very good video essay about it a few years ago mm-hmm. where he kind of goes into d- more detail about, like, what what doesn't work and why. Uh, highly recommend that. Go watch that instead of listening to me, like, try to remember why I don't like this movie from 11, 12, 12 years ago now. The, the biggest um, thing I remember about it from the trailers is that Chun-Li was played by the woman who played Lana Lang in Smallville. And that's yeah. all I remember about it. Yeah, it just, like, a lot happens in it, but none of it is very interesting. Mm-hmm. There's also, and this is a very minor thing, but the weirdest thing about watching it is almost every scene is redubbed in ADR. Oh, what? Almost every scene is redone in ADR, which means that Nothing ever quite sounds right dialogue-wise. Oh, that sounds. Dreadful. And I think it's because they were doing a lot of on-location filming, and they didn't take that into account or like set up decent sound capture for that filming. So they had to do a lot of redubbing and and ADR in post, and it just all sounds like off and weird. It's a See, it's a I nitpick, like... but it's a it's really weird. <laughs> I feel like if if <laughs> I feel like if if that's a limitation like you had to fight you had to face with you should have went full kung pao and just dubbed over yeah. it like it was a <laughs> shitty seventies eighty kung fu movie. Hmm, I'm bleeding, making me the victor. Victor, yeah, exactly. You know. God. Uh, okay. Uh, real talk though, Kung Pao Under the Fist is the best Street Fighter movie. End of episode. No. I'm uh no, I I can't agree with that because I have no, my own suggestion for uh. You're fair. The best That's Street fair. Fighter. I don't agree with it either. But before we get, now that we've kind of, I mean, do you want? Is, do you have anything big to say about uh, any of the other pieces of of Street Fighter media? I know we've covered a lot of them. No, I, I I think we should probably move on. Dope. Let's. We haven't done this in a minute. Let's head to the playbill real quick. Mm-hmm. Knock out our plugs for our our friends podcasts and and thank people and when we come back we'll do the work of of trying to put our spin on this weird weird property sound good yeah i'm ready let's do it 
Welcome to the playbill, everyone. This is the part where we shill for your money. Um, no. This is the part where we shill for our friends and their podcast, like my friend Dylan. What's your other podcast? I have another podcast with our friend Coop, and it's called Dude, You Remember Macross. What is Macross, you ask? Well, Macross is a... I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that voice the whole time. (laughs) Continue. (laughs) Macross is an anime uh, franchise that started in the early 80s, Um, and it's a mecha anime, and it's a mecha anime about humanity fighting creatures from space, but also um, humanity lives in these giant space... Uh, spaceships that have that are big enough to fit entire cities on them, and so you kind of have this duality of fighting off the space invaders, fighting off these aliens that are attacking humanity, as well as the the private life and the commercial life of the humans living on board the ship. And so it's this interesting way that they intermingle, and there's all this talk about war and um pop culture and just how the two mix and. It's a really fun show. It's a really fun series. I've had a lot of enjoyment talking about it. So if you want to check that out, you can find us on anchor.fm slash remember. And I think that's, that's, that, that's the plug. We're, on, we're also on Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Hell yeah. You should also go check out the podcast, The Unexplored Places. It's a great actual play podcast currently playing a sci-fi criminal ne'er-do-well kind of story using the scum and villainy system. Dylan and I are both on it as player characters. Uh, it's a really great show. It's made by fantastic people. We get up to absolutely no good. Uh, <laughs> and if any of that sounds fun, you should find them. You can find them on Twitter at UnexploredCast or by going to unexploredcast.libsyn.com. They're also wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, as always, to the HP Video Game Podcast Network for having us on the network. There's a great podcast full of... They're not a podcast full of networks. They're a great network full of podcasts about video games. You can find them by going to H, uh, at HPVG Pod Network on Twitter. They're always retweeting the other shows. There's shows about video game news, video game fandom, video game development, our, our weird show, whatever you would say that we're about. Uh, go check them out. If you like us, you'll probably like some of them too. And big thank you to our patrons at patreon.com slash bsgpod. It is your fault that we're still doing this after 100 episodes, and we hope to do many hundred more uh, thank you so much for your support. If you like the show and you want to support it directly as well, patreon.com slash bsgpod is a great way to do that. I think that's everything we usually do in the playbill. Am I right? Yeah. No, that sounds about right. Cool. Feel like anything else from you, Dylan? don't have anything else to plug. No? All right. Let's slide back into that uh, that episode there. How's that sound? Let's do... Why did that sound so seductive? I, I don't know. I'm sorry. How does that <laughs> sound, Dylan? Oh, Mr. Wilson. Mmm. All right, so yeah. Street Fighter as a property. How do we take this, give it a spin, and make it work a little more cohesively So than at least a lot of these? It sounds like uh, Assassin's Fist nailed a pretty cool aesthetic for it. So I feel like but I still want to take our own spin. <laughs> I feel like there's two ways you can do this, and yeah, um, I'm actually going to pull from... I don't know why, but as a thought exercise, I was like, man, if I were to adapt the King of Fighters series, how would I do that? Okay. And the, the short answer is, I... Chris, if I ever say the, the uh, term franchise potential unironically, like, I want you to kill me. That, okay, that's, I, I, will, I will jump into the internet, pop out of your modem, and strangle you to death that, in the night, you have my word. That's the cry for help that I've, I've gone too far, and I've been yeah. lost to the dark side. <laughs> but... 
I think the the thing about King of Fighters specifically is because it's a crossover franchise, it would kind of have franchise potential, like, you could do a King of Fighters cinematic universe. And I'm not saying I want that for Street Fighter, but to break that down, um, King of Fighters has... is is a combination of numerous uh, intellectual properties for the SNK video game company. So... You have Psycho Soldier, you have Ikari Warriors, you have Fatal, uh, Fatal Fury, Art of Fighting, all these different things. And so they all kind of already come with their own stories and flavor of like genre. Like Ikari Warriors is very much a Rambo type of, you know, soldier B-movie action flick, and you could homage that. Psycho Soldier is a very kind of, has a Sailor Moon type of magical girl premise behind it. You, okay. Then you have, like, Fatal Fury and Art of Fighting, which are very hard martial arts. Uh, they take place in different time periods, but, like, you, you could kind of fit them into the same slot there. And so I think you have all these different, you have all these different characters, and I think that's the thing about fighting games that are kind of fun, is, like, every character kind of is the main character of their own story. They all have a little ending that ties, a, ties their plot into a neat little... Bo, I, I, I'm, I'm getting lost in this analogy. But I know what you mean, though. You, yeah, you, I got you. You get what I'm saying. So I think bringing it back to Street Fighter, what you could do is you could... The, the most tragic thing about uh, Legend of Chun-Li is that, in my mind, there is a fun Jackie Chan homage type yeah. of like martial arts film that you could make about you know, a, a detective or a policewoman in Hong Kong trying to investigate the, the death and murder of her father. And, Absolutely. Yeah, and then, like, looking at uh, Street Fighter with uh, Ryu and Ken, like, Assassin's Fist, that's already, like, you could kind of shorten that a little bit and have a coming-of-age story about two martial artist friends who uh, kind of go their separate ways. One travels the world to, you know, improve his... his um, I guess art form is the best way to to describe how Ryu would yeah. view his fighting style, while the other one kind of settles down and like uses the discipline he's learned from martial arts to mature as an adult and become a family man. To use the Street Fighter meme, yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, uh, every every character kind of has their own hook, their own angle, and so I think there is there is something of substance there, and I'm not I'm not entirely sure how you could do. But, well, I guess like you know, even looking at Street Fighter itself like there was a street fighter one before the one that everyone played um yeah no one's played street uh, fighter one it's not very good (laughs) (laughs) we we played a few rounds of that back when we lived together didn't we oh it's terrible it's not fun (laughs) it is not fun at all (laughs) i don't know i'm I'm sure a a lot of that is like you know we live in the world that that game influenced where everything iterated on it and made it better but going Mm -hmm. back to it having played more modern fighting games, or even just Street Fighter 2. It just doesn't it's make rough. sense. Like, there's some... Okay, no, I, I gotta get off that tangent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that's a really good idea. I think that, like, the idea of, again, for lack of a better word, doing the Street Fighter cinematic universe and having, like, movies about these individual characters and their kind of plot arcs that then you can do crossover films with. Like, I'm franchise sick at this point. Yeah. After... A decade and a half, it seems like. Uh, not quite. Well, hang on. When did Iron Man come out? God, like 2009, I want to say. Yeah, so going on a decade and a half, 
of MCU. Like, if you're still into it, good for you. I'm more into it given the the recent TV shows on Disney Plus. Like those, Chris. That's how long this project's been. I'm so tired. I'm like, I still like a lot of these movies, but I'm pretty I'm pretty marvelled out, and I feel like I would become pretty Street Fighter out if they tried to make a movie for every fucking character. Mm-hmm. But I do think there's potential there. Like you said, like Legend of Chun-Li could have been a really fun, like Jackie Chan or uh, Kung Fu Hustle style. Oh, like, oh action dude, comedy. a Kung Fu Hustle Street Fighter movie would be so good. It would be so good. Like Kung, ah. Kung Fu Hustle feet like Ryu and Ken. Yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, dude, with, I, I with, with, with flashbacks the to their like growing up together. But like they've they've run into each other. And get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be a fun fucking movie. Like, I was gonna say, like, I, I like this idea that you have of like narrowing the scope and rather do it rather than doing like Street Fighter the movie with this, you know, huge cast of characters, finding a character to tell a story from the point of view of for a film. Yeah. I think that that's a really strong idea. Because Street Fighter has such a wide and varied cast, but I do think that certain characters synergize well with each other. Yeah. And to, to kind of pare it down to like, all right, we're going to make a movie where Ryu's the main character. Who would fit in a Ryu type of story? You'd, yeah. You've got to list like, all right, Gen maybe, uh, Akuma definitely, you know, like in this character, this character. And I think if I were to do a movie that was just Ryu and Ken, I would do a loose adaptation of the original Street Fighter because the villain of that one isn't M. Bison, it's Sagat. So you could, right. have, you could have a a movie where uh, Ryu and Ken are entered into a fighting tournament because they're getting antsy about their training. They want to prove they they're, they're tired of the, the repetition and the discipline of, you know, doing your martial arts training. They want to see it pay off. And so they get entered into this tournament, but the tournament is actually a front for this um, Thai drug Lord Sagat. I think that's his backstory. I want to say he's like a drug kingpin. That sounds familiar. Yeah, you know, and then you have, like, the final conflict between Ryu and the person who's profiting off of this tournament through corrupt means. And so that, that itself is, like, a very tight plot. You could, you could do a 90-minute movie based off of that, I think. Yeah, definitely. And, all right, here's, here's a thought. If, if any of you follow me on Twitter, you know that I have been on a, a John Wick kick recently. Yes. Uh, I rewatched the first film uh, the other day as background news at my day job uh, and had forgotten just how good it is. And I think that you, like, in the similar vein of of finding a character to focus on, you could do a really fun, like, John Wick or uh, the Transporter-style kind of action movie about, like, working your way through a rogues gallery working your way through a bunch of encounters involving these other adversarial characters. I mean, going back to, fuck, Street Fighter as a game mm-hmm. was influenced hugely by, um, oh, Tower of Fury? What's the, what's the Bruce Lee film? You're going to have to look that one up. <laughs> game of Death. Okay. Uh, Bru- game, game of Death was a, a film Bruce Lee had been working on that I... It's the one that where he fights Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Chuck Norris, in which he fights his way up, like, several floors of this pagoda, having these one-on-one duels to get to 
the like the the crime boss who who wronged him for lack of a of a better memory on my part of the overarching plot of Game of Death. Uh, but that game was one of the huge influences for the the NES game Kung Fu, which then the developer of which went on to make. Let me. I'm doing some quick googling while I'm talking to make sure that I have these facts correct. Go right ahead. Kung Fu Master is the video game I'm thinking of, or Spartan X in Japan, uh, was a game, it was very much based on Game of Death, you play as a guy who knows Kung Fu, fighting his way up several floors with like, you're beating up henchmen, side-scrolling, dodging, throwing knives, and then you have a boss fight at the end. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the game developer, one of the, one of the main directors, went on, uh, well, I guess... Here's a fun fact. Shigeru Miyamoto directed the NES version of the game, not oh, the arcade oh. version, but Interesting. there you go. But the the other director of the game, Takashi Nishiyama, worked on Kung Fu, and then he had the idea to take the boss fights from that game and turn them into their own game. And then he went on to create the original Street Fighter based on that idea. Street Fighter has this Got genre it. of Kung Fu film in its DNA. And so I think that taking that, like, it's not hard to come up with a conceit for a movie about, like, a fighting tournament or a reason to have a bunch of people have one-on-one -on -one fights. Hell, look at Rocky. <laughs> I think that, like, going in yeah. that direction, using this huge cast of characters as a rogues gallery for whoever you pick as your main character, drawing in characters to be, like, trainers and friends and, and you know, you've got a lot of characters with pre-existing connections with each other spinning that out into either something more focused on one character or like an ensemble piece built around this idea of like a tournament or like you we need to get through this gauntlet of one-on-one -on -one fights so we're assembling a team i think either of those could be very fun iterations on this formula so hmm, there, there are two directions i could take we could look at another character or we could do the other idea i have which is the best for me, in my opinion, it is the best Street Fighter cartoon that is not a Street Fighter cartoon. Oh, tell me more. Um, well, you are you're already well familiar with this show. Uh, let's talk about G Gundam. Yes, fuck yes. Okay, <laughs> I'm on board yeah. immediately. Yeah, you smell what I'm stepping in. I'm I'm 100 smelling what you're stepping in. Uh, for for the people at home, G Gundam is. Oh boy. Uh G Gundam is a, a an entry in the long running Gundam mecha anime franchise. The conceit of which is Earth 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 is dead for the most part. Uh everybody or most everybody lives in space stations, and Earth is used to host the I think it's called the G Gundam tournament. It probably is, dude. I, it's been a while I since really I've seen this. So pardon actually, me if I. I really get any need to sit down wrong. and actually just watch it. But yeah, um, I need to. That, I need to rewatch this fucking enough. show. Uh, but yeah, so yeah. every nation a, has a representative go down to Earth in their big fuck off robot suit and have a series of one on one fights to to like. It's like in lieu of war. It's like this is what people do instead of having wars anymore. If I remember correctly. Yeah. That's that's basically what because Gundam is typically about war. This is the yeah. first um, season of Gundam that is not only an alternate universe, but uh, done after the creator of Gundam left the franchise. So instead of yeah. being about war, they decided <clears throat> to experiment a little bit and uh, make it a fighting tournament. It's delightful. It is. I don't know if I would put it into the category of like 
the best Gundam series that I have seen, but it is it is one that I hold near and dear to my heart. It is a personal favorite. It's definitely favorite one Gundam I know series. that a lot of people who aren't into Gundam enjoy. Yeah, it honestly, if you're if you haven't watched a lot of Gundam but you like the idea or you're interested, it's not a bad starting point. But yeah, if if you like what G Gundam does well enough, then you can find another series that might do uh that might scratch your itch that's closer to the usual Gundam formula. Anyway, go on with your idea. I need it. So, okay, I- ignoring all the very Gundam elements of yeah. <laughs> G Gundam, uh, at its core, it is a fighting tournament where every country has its own representative. Kind of to a caricaturistic degree. Uh, I am Master Asia, the undefeated, undefeated of the East. Undefeated of the East. It's rough. Um, <laughs> it's you it's have- dated. You have the Tequila Gundam, which is basically, like, what, I a forgot. cactus or something? I think it has a yep. sombrero. It's not very good. It's, yeah, um, like, wow, you're reminding me of things that I had fully suppressed about there's, this there's TV Sweden's show. Gun- there's Sweden's Gundam, which is a giant windmill. <laughs> oh my god. God bless. So, yeah, maybe tone down the caricature a little bit, even though Street Fighter itself is kind of born on caricature. Yeah, I, I think... Those core elements are what what's important, and so I think now that we've kind of isolated those elements that make G Gundam fun and enjoyable, there's the amount of camp, which I think ties into the Street Fighter movie and animated series pretty yeah. well. There's the fact that it has a single dedicated protagonist in Domon Kashu, the the main character. Um, so I think what is fun about him is that you know it, it is a fighting tournament. But when he's first introduced to us, he is a established, seasoned martial artist. And he is, like, you know, he's participating in the fighting tournament. But during the whole thing, he is looking for one person, his brother Kyoji. And so I think what we could do is, if we were to do, like, a mini-series, because there's no way we're getting 50 episodes of a Street Fighter (laughs) series, is I think you could establish Ryu as a mysterious out-of-towner who's about to participate in this fighting tournament, and he's looking for one person in particular, whether that is Ken or Sagat or Akuma or even M. Bison. Um, yeah. you, you establish a connection of this martial artist is participating in this tournament, but while he's here, he is also keenly looking for one other person to yeah. uh, build intrigue and then start to establish a dramatic through line for the entire series and i like that idea a lot yeah and i think episodically uh the the first third of maybe the first fourth of g gundam is like very episodic there's a monster of the day type of formula where he fights another participant in the tournament and they either you know he either beats the snot out of them or they become good friends and they beat the snot out of someone else (laughs) Uh, who is trying to interfere in the tournament. And I think you could build that kind of rapport. Ryu could become friends with... I, I feel like Chun-Li's a must. You know, yeah. you, you can't have... Chun-Li, Chun-Li and Ken would be in it. I don't think you can make something like this without them. Develop rivalries with other characters in the roster. Yeah, no, I, I think that could be really cool. And then, like, each episode could explore a different relationship. You could have episodes focused on some of the other characters and, like, why they're in the tournament what mm-hmm. their arc is. Yeah. I, honestly, I think a miniseries is a really good format for something like this. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, if you wanted to 
spice it up a little bit, you could even throw in like a series of preliminary rounds just to kind of get a feel for every character and do like a loose introduction of all the people who are going to be in the main tournament. Um, that's something Dragon yeah. Ball does really well. Yeah, even have it structure itself around like maybe the it doesn't go to single elimination at first. Like they have essentially like placement uh, skirmish yeah. matches to determine what the uh, the tournament structure will actually look like. Mm-hmm. And that way you can introduce characters who you can use that to establish like a hierarchy or a pecking order of like who is who is the who are the people to watch in this tournament and then give a structure for training and growth based on that kind of that that information given to the viewer yeah and so i think once once you kind of kind of uh indulge in the fluff for a certain amount of time you have an incident where ryu finds the person he's looking for, at least gets, like, the first major clue of, like, his whereabouts. So I, I, I think, like, the easiest way to tell this story is Akuma kills Goken, Ryu's looking for Akuma. Make it a revenge story because Gigundam was a revenge story. But I, I, there's, there's so many ways you could do it. I, I feel like that's, like, kind of the most basic one. Now, now I'm just kind of thinking about all the different possibilities. But I, I think what's important is, like, you know, you have a m- moment happen where okay, this person is here. Good, I was able to find them. My time here was not wasted, so now I'm gonna... That's when we sort of introduce the, um, the main plot behind the tournament. And it, it goes from Ryu looking for this person to maybe a larger bit of intrigue behind like the reason for the tournament itself. And because all these fighting games love uh, the tournament sponsor to be behind some nefarious shit so you you build yeah we love a shady tournament organizer (laughs) you you can't have a fighting game without a shady tournament organizer you just can't do it i'm now i'm trying to think like if there if it's there are some fighting games that surprisingly do not have the villain being the guy behind the tournament uh, there, there's a handful of King of Fighters games, actually, where, like, the person who's organizing the tournament's like, okay, good, I wanted to get you together because there's this other guy we really need to worry about. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you could actually do a couple different things with that. I feel like having the organizers be the villain is, like, the go-to. And I, I can't remember if uh, Shadowloo, the organization that M. Bison is behind, if, like, the tournament in Street Fighter 2 was organized by him. I don't know. There, there's like a lot either. of different ways you can play that. Um, I the the tournament don't... ends. Everybody cheers. Uh, the like you know the there's the pedestal where you've got first, second, third place all receiving their medals. And then what's this? It's Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury coming down from the rafters oh to God. talk to them about the Avengers Initiative. <laughs> <laughs> and it is Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury, not a parallel. Yep, correct. Yeah, uh, and it's all been Marvel the whole time. <sighs> God, gross. Marvel anyway. versus Capcom initiative. <laughs> the MVK <laughs> initiative. Oh my god, disgusting. Anyway, I feel like that's I feel like we got to a cool place here. I think that there like there we came to a few different cool places, but I really like mm-hmm. all of them. I in the in the next Avengers movie, Ryu teaches Mega Man X how to throw a Hadouken. Oh my god. <laughs> And with that, I think we can wrap it up. What do you say? Yeah, I 
it's about time. <laughs> all right. I hope you all enjoyed this. I hope you enjoyed our return to the writer's room. I always love doing this because it's fun to just kind of like brainstorm like, okay, how can we make this work? And I think that we, we come up, came up with a couple real cool ideas here. So hopefully y'all enjoyed it. If you have your own ideas, we'll tell you how to tell us about them on social media here in just a second. But before that, thank you so much for listening to Backstage Gaming. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, you can find more about us by going to our website, bsgpod.com. It's got info about me and Dylan. It's got a uh, contact form if you want to reach us. It's got a sort of glossary of terms that we sometimes turn to. Uh, anything you want, you can find there. Also, we've, we are found as a podcast on Apple podcast service the uh spotify stitcher google play your podcatcher of choice wherever you listen consider leaving a rating and review it really does help us and uh spread the word about us to your friends and family who you think would dig our show uh i hope that you have at least somebody that likes us because then we get more listeners i don't i lost the thread of this plug a little bit and i apologize um hey dylan social media yeah uh if you want to hit us up you can find us on fist on facebook <laughs> Don't find us on Fistbook. <laughs> don't. I don't want to know. Um, you can find us on Facebook and on Twitter, where our handle is at BSG underscore cast. That's what happened. I got crossed between Facebook and Twitter. So there we Fistbook. go. Uh, so, yeah. And if you if you dig the stuff we're talking about and want to engage with us, uh, we recommend you use that hashtag BSG pod. It helps us find you and it helps people find us. Um... Also, huge, huge thanks to our friend Brendan French for the key art he has provided our show. If you dig his stuff, we implore you to look him up on Squarespace at brennan-french.squarespace.com. That is b-r-e-n-n-e-n-french.squarespace.com. You can also find him on instagram.com slash brennanfrenchart and on Twitter where his handle is at brennan underscore french. You should also go show some love to our friend BioQuery. He's the musician behind our theme song, Dot Sound Radio, Volume 1, Instrumentality. He's a great electronica composer and producer, and he's got a ton of great tracks out there, and you can find them all by going to soundcloud.com slash bioquery. That's soundcloud.com slash B-I-O-Q-U-E-R-Y. Or by searching for BioQuery on Spotify. Thank you again to the HP Video Game Podcast for having us on the network. Once again, if you like our show, go check out some of the other shows on the network at HPVG Pod Network on Twitter. And thank you once more to our patrons at patreon.com slash bsgpod. We would not still be doing this without you, and we appreciate all of the support you've given us. There's another siren going by. Dylan, anything else? Nope. Well, now that the siren's gone, I hope you all enjoyed listening. We'll be back in a couple weeks with another episode. And until then, goodbye. Take care, everyone. Bye.